everybody. How are you out there? You're listening to the Jam Room Podcast. If you've listened before, welcome back. Uh, you're with me, Scott. Hope you've all had a great week out there. It's a pretty nice day here in Perth. Uh, the sun's out. Um, the wind is kicking up a bit, so I do apologize if it gets a bit brutal later on, but it is what it is. Um, this is probably the last time I'm going to talk to you guys uh, before Christmas. So, Merry Christmas out there. Hope you guys have a a great week. I hope you've fucking finished all your Christmas shopping. I've yet to. Um, so I'm going to try and record this podcast a little early so I can get to the shops tomorrow. Uh, because I ain't going on a Sunday. Fuck that. Anyway, um, hopefully this episode will get into some Christmas stuff towards the end, uh, maybe. But uh, first of all, we should probably talk about some new music that's been out. It seems 2020 is not done yet. Still some new music. Uh, Eminem <laughs> over this week. Uh, dropped like a B-side album. They call it an LP or whatever. It's a fucking album. Uh, called, I did write this down. I thought I'd remember it at least. Songs to be murdered by. Music to be murdered by is the name of the album. Uh, and it's the B-sides of it. So it's an album that he dropped earlier in the year. And then he's just dropped the B-sides now, which is just a whole complete new album, really. And uh, so he's obviously in the festive spirit. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to take a listen. If you're an Eminem fans out there, you'll be losing your shit. Um, for us uh, other folks that couldn't really care less, uh, it was good. It was a good album. I gave it a couple of listens through. I'd uh, actually probably listen to it again. At least some tracks in it. It's got a bit of a different vibe from what I've heard from Eminem before. Eminem normally has a, a fairly aggressive approach. Uh, to his bars, but it seemed a bit more mellow, this album. There's, I hate to say it, there was some fucking, like, uh, Drakey, almost post Maloney kind of vibes as far as the beats and the atmosphere goes, but it was fun. Um, it worked for me. It was a pretty good album. Uh, it started off a little bit, you know, a bit rough. Uh, it seems that rappers love getting political, and apparently if you're basically say any asinine statement in the form of a rap, it just sounds more profound, and so people believe it, uh, but if you really get down to it, they're, you know, they're not the wisest as far as lyrics go, but they do sound cool, and the flow's wicked, I know it's not about the lyrical content, although it is, uh, but either way, yeah, the rest of the album was harmless, it was, yeah, just fun all the way around, and uh, I hope you guys get a chance to have a listen to that. Let's um let's give it a star rating, shall we? Uh, if you guys know our system, uh, it's zero to five stars, basically depending on its listenability or re-listenability, I should say. Uh, and it's a personal opinion of mine, guys. So uh, take it with a grain of salt, or just don't listen to it at all. It doesn't matter one bit. Uh, anyway, I'd probably give this a one or two. I reckon I can see myself putting this on a playlist. For a, for a chilled afternoon, there's there's nothing wrong with it. I do like a little rap every now and then. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. And I'm sure it's going to grow on me even more. So yeah, let's give it two stars, shall we, guys? So uh, Eminem's whatever B-sides is uh, his Christmas album. A Christmas album entitled Songs to be Murdered By, or Music to be Murdered To, or something like that. Wait, let me fuck on my phone again. I can't believe I've already forgot it. Music to be Murdered By, a Christmas album. Uh, from, from Eminem. Yeah, check it out. Two stars. Two stars from here from the Jam Room. If you give it more, let us know. If you give it less, let us know. But uh, we can move on from that. I know 
a couple of weeks ago, there was a new Taylor Swift album and I haven't talked about it and uh, should probably explain that. Don't really care. Um, never really followed what's going on with Taylor Swift, although I do know the impact. I absolutely understand that she appeals to sort of, let's say, young girls to maybe teenage girls because there's a few explicit fucking tracks on the album. But apart from that, it's, you know, it's kids' music. Um, and I know it's sort of high up on the charts and Taylor Swift always will be. Uh, but musically, it's just, there's nothing too interesting about it. And that's kind of like a pop formula thing. And uh, if we get down into it, it's kind of based on just chord choices and just like simple tropes that get exploited and shit. Uh, but I understand it has a, has a place in music. It's definitely good to play to something that's a little bit familiar to your listener. Uh, so at least you grab their attention that way. And that's kind of what's happened to pop music, guys. It seems to have just chiseled its way down to a, a couple, of, uh, couple of different chord progressions in different keys, played in different ways with certain embellishments. And that's the thing that sells. And uh, this album, Taylor Swift, was no different. So it just didn't really appeal to me at all. But um, I guess I should break down what I mean with all that stuff. Because uh, I know a lot of you guys out there would be musicians and probably know all this shit. But um, maybe in the future and stuff, we'd start to start talking about the chord progressions that are in a song and, um, you know, the mechanics behind it a little bit more. Uh, so I'll probably use some language that some of you musicians would obviously know. Uh, but some of you don't, I should probably explain it to you. Um, I might use words like uh, diatonic. And I might uh, refer to chords as numbers or notes as numbers. You might, and, uh, you might hear us talking about that sort of shit. So I think, well, how would I explain this? Uh, Let's talk about it. Uh, let me grab a guitar. I'll be right back. Yeah. All right, I'm back. Wait, is this... Can you hear that? Is that coming in? Doesn't need to be that loud, does it? All right, anyway. All right. That's probably a good way to explain it. So, uh, guys, when we talk about music and uh, especially like pop formulas and stuff like that, and we talk about like um, like a, a, a one five six four progression or something like that, uh, we're basically talking about intervals within a key, right? So, uh, it doesn't really matter what the key of the fucking song is. You have a one chord, and so everything that follows from there uh, is basically dictated by the scale you chose. Uh, so, like for instance, like uh, like a C major scale is a, you know, just all the white keys on your piano, guys. You can work it out. Uh, and so each uh, note in that scale will have a chord assigned to it based on a certain relationship within that scale, right? And you end up getting a, a little structure, which is a diatonic, um, where your one chord is a, a major. So in C, there'll be a C major chord. And D would be the number two, a D minor chord. Three would be your E minor. Four would be an F major. Your five is a G, your six is an A minor, and that's your natural minor. Your seven chord is a pretty shitty one, called a diminished chord, um, and then uh, C. So really you have, uh, back to C, sorry. So you really have only seven chords available to you, and in pop music, you really only have six, because no one's using this little diminished chord, and that's just because of this flat five harmony. It sounds like crap, so no one uses it uh, in pop music. So really, you've got six chords to choose from, uh, you can still do a lot with those six chords, but um, 
people seem to not do that. Uh, and so in this Taylor Swift album, for instance, uh, the world's most common chord progression is used uh, quite a lot. Uh, maybe in a, in a little bit of a different order or whatever. So uh, the world's most common chord progression is uh, what we call a one, five, six, four. So you have the one chord, C major. The five chord, it's a G. Your six is an A minor, and your four is an F, and rolls back to C, right? That sort of crap. And uh, you know, you hear it starting from the minor instead, so just like a A, A minor, F, C, G thing. You know what I mean? Um, either way, it's kind of the same chord progression. It's just those four chords of the of the scale, and nine out of the tracks on that new <laughs> Taylor Swift album used those four chords. Um, sometimes in like the the one five six four uh, progression, exactly like that. In fact, most of them were. A couple of them just sort of used um, three out of there, the the one five and four, which is like very. very basic as well. Uh, you've heard that a million times. There's a few that had some pretty interesting chord progressions, but like I said, at least nine of them use the exact same chord progression. The only song I was really looking forward to in that, um, in that album was uh, the last track called Evermore, uh, because it featured Bon Iver, or Bon Iver, or however you, the fuck you want to say it. And uh, you know, I, I used to dig his music. He was really, really cool. He was a great singer, great uh, composer of, of shit. Um, but the song he did, was the exact same progression, except he just split it up. He just did the one four, so he did a C to an F for like the whole fucking verse. And then um, uh, he just did the G to A minor for the other part of the song. But you know, it's fucking same as the same as just going. Anyway, um, so I was a little bit disappointed with the orchestration there. Uh, so that's why I don't really talk about these ones. They're, they're two. Um, they're two in the pocket. Uh, there's nothing really musically interesting about them anyway. But I will. You know, we can give it a, a star rating if you guys want to. Let's give it a zero because I'll never listen to it again. Um, but I do understand that it's not fucking about those things, and that there'll be plenty of amazing songs using those same formulas. And a lot of these songs I'm talking about might be amazing songs as well. Uh, it's just that it's, you know, heard it before, um, and that's why it sells. That's why it uh, catches the ear of many people, because it does play to something that you've heard before. And uh, then the whole beauty of it is kind of resting in the, the hook melodies and, and the other embellishments and, and the beats behind it and all that other sort of stuff, the production of it, um, which is fucking awesome as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to be a, a hater on this. It's just not that interesting to me. That's just my opinion. But I still appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it plays to those tropes, and that's a really good thing. In fact, that might be a... Wait, let me put this guitar down. Uh, that might be a good uh, segue into what we were going to talk about today, which is a Christmas shit. Like I said, guys, last time I get to talk to you before uh, Christmas. And uh, I hope you're having a good one out there. I hope you're allowed to see family. I know it's getting shut down all over the place, but, um, you know, get on the internet. Fucking make sure you virtually hug somebody if you can. 
Um, but what was it I wanted to talk about with music stuff as far as uh, Christmas goes? Yeah, fucking nostalgia. We're talking about nostalgia. Or we're talking about like tropes, like things that you are sort of familiar with. Um, and then, then when they're like repackaged, all of a sudden you like them. <laughs> and it's simply because uh, it's familiar to you. And uh, there's no better example of that than, uh, than Christmas songs and uh, the whole feeling of Christmas. Because let's face it, like Christmas is for children. And so then when we look back at Christmas, we look back at our childhood. So it's naturally got this fucking nostalgia loop in it anyway. Uh, right? And all the music associated with Christmas is like that. Uh, a whole bunch of lyrics talking about, you know, just like the ones I used to know and all that sort of crap. But um, I know it can be a sensitive issue uh, talking about Christmas shit. I don't know how PC this world's getting. I know a lot of schools um, around here in Perth, the, the public schools, they're not allowed to teach anything about um, Christmas or anything or call it Christmas. They have to say other things. Happy holidays, all that sort of bullshit. And I don't know who's getting offended by being wished a Merry Christmas out there. But, you know, it, it can happen. It, you know, happened to me fucking one time. I remember some Asian dude fucking uh, wishing me a Happy New Year in February. And I was fucking so upset I had to beat his ass. Uh, anyway, obviously joking, guys. I certainly wouldn't pick a fight with an Asian. They obviously know something about martial arts that I don't, so I wouldn't roll that dice. But... Just jokes, guys. No one's getting offended by saying uh, Merry Christmas. Um, let, let's just uh, stop it with all that bullshit and uh, let's talk about some Christmas songs. Uh, you've probably got your favourites out there. Um, let us know. Let us know what your favourite Christmas carols are because they seem to follow those nostalgia loops where we, we have the old ones, then we have like a 30-year sort of gap and then we have a new uh, ton come in and... Uh, You know what? You, you know what? You know what's the best example of this is uh, the Christmas movie Home Alone. If you haven't seen that, um, I don't know who you are, but fucking Jesus. Um, but you probably watch it maybe every year, every now and then, if you're into Christmas mood and, and the spirit and stuff. Home Alone's a Christmas classic, and um, it's because of all those nostalgic elements. And that soundtrack is probably the best Christmas soundtrack ever made. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. So the fucking the soundtrack to Home Alone, uh, John Williams. If you don't know who John Williams is, uh, you definitely know his music because you've seen some movie that he's uh, absolutely orchestrated the shit out of. Um, it's John Williams. It's Star Wars. It's uh, Jurassic Park. It's fucking Jaws. It's, yeah, um, Harry Potter. It's all the greatest soundtracks. Here's that wind. Um, and so, yeah, he did uh, Home Alone as well. But in Home Alone, there's, like, bugger all of his actual original orchestration in comparison to his other movies. Uh, but what he uses instead is all these wicked little elements from those 30-year time loops. Like, f for a start, just in the movie itself, like, on the TV, they're playing old-ass Christmas movies, like uh, Wish Upon a Star, Miracle on whatever street. Even the Grinch is in there, the old one, the Seuss one. Um, and then all the music is playing is, like, the 50s uh, Christmas songs, like Rock Around the Christmas Tree and all that sort of shit. Um, and then he does the further back loops, uh, because really, if you chase back, like, the idea of a Christmas song is basically you just put fucking sleigh bells in it, and it sounds like a Christmas song. It could be anything. Um, and that comes back from, like, uh, fucking 1800s or some shit when they uh, first started recording, like, late 1800s uh, jingle bells, but it was called something different back then, I think. I think it was called, like, One Horse Open Sleigh or something. But either way, the original recording has the jingle bells in it, and uh, it's something to do with 
horses having to have uh, bells on them because they had no brakes with the sled. So you had to get the fuck out of the way. So the horses are just fitted with these things as a safety device. So we're celebrating safety, really, when it comes to Christmas, um, especially with the music. Um, you know, even the fucking opening uh, music to Die Hard, which is a Christmas movie, has these slowed down fucking jingle bells. It's, it's a thing you do. You just put jingle bells in, it's going to sound like, uh, sound like Christmas. But also, if you embody something of the now, but talk about the past, it becomes cool as well. And that started happening with like the, um, all the... All the Christmas songs you hear that are 12-bar blues, you know? A 1-4-5 progression, for those who were paying attention before. Um, and th and th there's a hell of a lot of it. Jingle Bell Rock and all that sort of stuff. Maybe a 16-bar blues, I don't know. Correct me. Uh, but either way, it's really, really fucking cool. And uh, then the original orchestration that John Williams chucks into that movie is basically just rip-offs of the Nutcracker anyway. Uh, which is something that only came to do with Christmas because of something to do with the war and people bringing back gifts and fucking the guy that wrote the, the ballet uh, fucking hated it. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, when it made it to America, it blew up. In fact, what was it I was hearing? I don't know about this, but I think like half of all money made by ballet in America is from performances of the Nutcracker. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there would be no ballet industry at all if it wasn't for the Nutcracker. Um, and so obviously this music's pretty uh, deep entrenched in our nostalgia because we've heard it every fucking year. And so to put that into a, like your own spin on it, into a Christmas movie, which is like Christmas in the best way, that movie. It's not really about the religious aspects and all this bullshit. There's no fucking shooting star and all that crap. Um, it's just about family and fun over Christmas. That's, that's about it. It's... I don't know, you can look deep into it if you want to. But um, yeah, either way, I thought that was really, really cool. So let us know what your favorite Christmas songs are and if there's fucking things to be said about that nostalgia loop. And uh, I mean, let's face it, look at the price of Pokemon cards at the moment from the 90s. We're getting that 30-year loop going on right now. Right now. It's fun to see. Um, but yeah, it's happening in music as well. Music's kind of playing to the same tropes that, that Christmas songs are. So if you don't like Christmas music, then you don't like pop music because they're, they're playing to the same things. They're, they're stroking at uh, heartstrings from days gone by. Uh, but anyway, that was a bit of a weird ending to it. Next week, um, I wanted to do like a little bit of uh, a summary and uh, give you guys my thoughts on what I thought was the best album of the year and try and break it down a little bit. So uh, hit me up on Twitter at Jam Room Podcast, and uh, let us know what your favorite album of the year was. And if I haven't checked it out, I will, because uh, I don't have much to do over that week. But um, yeah, it should be fun. And I'll, I'll record a little something for you, or, or something, I'll give you some, some music. Um, don't, you know what? This week, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll give you some Christmas music. Um, I have a lot of favorite Christmas songs, like let's say a top five that I can't really choose between. Uh, and it's all because they just seem to be intense sometimes. I like the real old ones. And the good thing about the real old ones, guys, is they, uh, they are in the public domain. <laughs> I don't have to get a license to play these ones, um, which, uh, which is good for these ones, but kind of sucks for others because there's some that should be in the public domain but aren't because of some trickery, some legal trickery, like the, um, the Dr. Seuss songs, which I think are fucking awesome. Um, but anyway... Uh, I love like Oh Holy Night, that's insane because it just uh, changes into that ridiculous minor shift and the, the, the lyrics get epic and people are falling on their knees and it's just pretty fucking brutal imagery. 
Um, but also, in just terms of rhythm and, and style and harmony, and again, it's perfectly diatonic, guys. Uh, it's all set in the pocket. Uh, is uh, Carol of the Bells. So I think I'll chuck up like John Williams's version of Carol of the Bells because it's public domain, so uh, I can do that. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's all in three, four timing, and um, it's a great little track. And uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, get under the mistletoe. And I'll, I'll chat to you guys next week with the fucking album of the year summary and all that, that bullshit. All right? All right, take care.